Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Joining us is Doug Birdsong, who understands firsthand why the suit wasn't picked. All right, uh, so... (laughs) (laughs) How are you, Steve? Doing great, Doug. I'm looking forward to seeing you on Saturday. Uh, Me too. uh, uh, You know, last night, they led at halftime, but the game shot better than 50% from the field. What did you see last night from this team that showed the progress John is making with them? Well, one thing I think that just jumped out at me is when I was doing my pregame radio interview with him, Steve, he had said, you know, I think what we're going to do is make things a little bit easier for the guys. I'm not going to call out as many plays. I don't want them to be robots. That was a favorite term from Pat Flannery, all of fame coach, who, of course, is working with Penn State's NIL um, group right now. But he didn't want them to be robots, and I sensed for the majority of the game, that's exactly how the Bison offense was running. It was more free-flowing, and I think the guys were able to see the basketball game come to them as opposed to, I have to be here, I have to set a screen, I have to go, dive down low, I have to flare. You know, that comes, but I think that that was the biggest difference between that game for sure and the game Saturday at Marist, which really was not a very pretty game. This was in person. I think this was the best game I have ever seen two teams play. You know, you mentioned Bucknell shot 50%, shot almost 40% from three. Princeton shot 60%, 44% from three, only had four turnovers. Bucknell only had 10. It was just great basketball, and Princeton's just a really good team. Yeah, so they're, they're undefeated. They're very good. Josh Basco has had to step in and fill Elvin Edmonds' shoes on a full-time basis. Uh, and this kid's hit 11 of his last 22 shots. And on top of that, he's hit five of his last 10 threes. What have you seen in the quick maturation of the junior out of Milton, Ontario? He really, I think, had this in him. You could see it in practice over the last couple of years, but... He had been injured. He had a knee injury kind of coming in. It was more like tendonitis. Um, wasn't like he had knee injury you would think of as a knee injury, but more like tendonitis. But it really slowed him down his freshman year. Last year he was dealing with shoulder issues. And so this is the first time, and he really dealt with shoulder issues over the summer, didn't really get to participate with the team on their trip to Italy late summer. But this is the first time he's been completely healthy, Steve. And I think that's what is the biggest change. Now, he is becoming more confident in his ability to score and and give Princeton a ton of credit. They double-teamed, and a lot of times you see that nowadays with the way offenses are run. You have a high screen, you go pick and roll. So you'll actually have two defenders right there at the top of the key with the two offensive players, the guard and the big man or whatever. Well, they did that. They double-teamed Josh at the top of the key the whole first half. He had 14 points in the first half. He would split the double team. He would go in the lane with a teardrop, get a pass, um, maybe at another time come come back out, flare back out, and shoot a three off the wing. 
But then they changed that philosophy in the second half because Coach Henderson is a great coach. Those guys are obviously smart that play basketball for Princeton. They didn't do that in the second half. And so, uh, unfortunately, Josh wasn't able to get any points in the second half. But um, I think his confidence is just soaring right now. And when Elvin Edmonds does come back in another week or two, I think playing them both at the same time, and Coach Griffin and I talked about that yesterday too, I think that's probably going to become more common. Why did Brady Muller start? Well, I think Coach, and I didn't even know it was going to happen until I got over to the arena. So when I did my interview with John, we talked a little bit before and after the interview, um, didn't even bring that up. He said there were going to be some changes. But when he said that, I was kind of thinking it more, implied more with, hey, we're going to make him more free-flowing. We're not going to call as many right. plays from the bench, et cetera. Um, I haven't actually asked him about that. And, and Brady didn't play as many minutes as Ian Bodo, who had been starting. But right. my guess is I think that Brady provided a, a possibility of more offense, even though Ian had 12 points against St. Bonaventure a couple of games ago. I think that's what he wanted to see. Now, whether they'll go back to starting Ian um, Saturday against Penn State, I'm not sure. Right. Um, but I think that, and again, I haven't spoken with him necessarily about that so i'm guessing that was why i don't know that for a certainty yeah he only ended up playing a dozen minutes in the game anyway uh exactly jack forrest has been really tremendous i mean he's over 15 points a game he knocked down blackjack last night he got 21 uh he's already has a couple of 20 point games this year including last night to go with his you know give him four in his career what has made him a good player at both ends of the floor? Well, he also is healthy. He has been battling injuries yeah. since he first went to Columbia, really battled injuries his second year in particular at St. Joseph's, and then missed the first half of last year um, because of an injury to his Achilles. Um, more, again, tendonitis, nothing like you would think of an Achilles injury. And so he is now getting back to almost 100 I don't even think he's still 100% in terms of his health, but I think that's the biggest thing. The other thing is, he is what John Griffin is talking about when he says, don't be a robot. He knows the game of basketball. He knows how to exploit screens, how to go backdoor, how to get open on, on the wings for three-pointers. He has a great shooting touch, as you'll see there on Saturday. Well, <laughs> depending on how the defense plays him. Meanwhile, in that game against Marist, the Red Foxes did a great job throwing yeah. a bunch of different guys at him, held him to two points. Only time this year he's been under double figures and frustrated him into – he had some good looks, but I think frustrated him early enough in that first half that he then was kind of forcing some things up later mm -hmm. when he had more time to gather in, get his feet set, and take good shots and he missed. You know, he only hit one shot in that game Saturday. Yeah. Last night, until late in the game, and I think that was a big reason why Princeton was able to come back and win it, until late in the game, he was so dominant, and nobody could slow him down. And Princeton's a really good defensive team, mm -hmm. but I think what slowed him down was fatigue. And, and you know, that that's the unfortunately, that's the individual that will beat everyone is fatigue. Yeah, that's always a problem. He was, what, one for 14 against Marist. Uh, so now, uh, something I've talked to John about, and I know you've listened to the interviews, 
Um, there's a lot of like you read in between the lines, kind of a lot of negative stuff about the suit, but that's a different thing. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. All right, <laughs> just it's code. Uh, but something I talked to about John when you're going game to game to game, this is going to be Bucknell's tenth game of the season coming up in a short period of time. It doesn't give you any chance to step back and practice. Because you're always going into, okay, let's talk about the game plan for the next game while abbreviating your corrections. And I think, how much of a problem has that been for John? It's been a huge problem, and he has said it. And I think he may have mentioned it to you too, Steve, here most recently. He said, I will never have so many games in the month of November. There is no other team in the country that has played more games in the month of November than Bucknell. There is another team that has played as many. Um, I just think, and and if it, you know, Bucknell's done it before, and they usually do front load the schedule because most schools don't take as many days off for finals exams as Bucknell, which takes 10 days, 11 days between games off. So, They do have to play a bunch of games early because there are so many college basketball games on the schedule anymore. But I think that even that pushed it, even with a veteran team, but this team with a brand-new staff, a bunch of new faces or people in a lot of different positions, kind of like Coach Rhodes has with Penn State, you really, really need more practice time. And unfortunately, this team just hasn't had it. But I think you did see just with two days, day and a half almost, of practice and rest, a little bit more rest, not getting on a bus, not traveling. I think you saw the result in how Bucknell played against Princeton compared to a short turnaround having to go to Marist after being in only in New York Wednesday against St. Bonaventure and then getting on a bus Friday to go to Marist in Poughkeepsie, New York. I think you saw how this team can progress with the ability that this coaching staff has to train, teach, um, show these players how to play. Yeah, and that's that's one of the keys right there. And then, but then you got to go through finals, and yes, you practice, but there's a priority to it. I feel like there's a deck that's stacked against them. In the end, and you've seen this a lot. Is this all this preparing this team for the Patriot, or is it maybe too much too soon? No, I think it. I think it definitely is preparing them for the league, and uh, unfortunately, the league in terms of out of league competition not very good. Now you had a first hand look, of course, at Lehigh, which is picked to be one of the top three teams in the preseason poll. I think they're going to be good. Um, Colgate obviously is going to be good. But then you have a bunch of teams, and I think Bucknell can be in that mix, along with American and Loyola and just a handful of squads, that can fight for a top four, top five, top six finish. But I think that that's the goal this team wants to do as good a job as possible in the non-league. going to be a very, big, very tough task Saturday just because of Penn State, who it is, and, of course, the style Coach Rhodes use, uses against a team that's already mentally and physically fatigued in Bucknell. Then you have Radford at home after the finals. Radford's playing really well right now. Yeah. Have a couple of games that are winnable. St. Peter's, um, Merrimack, but not necessarily gimmies. And then you start the league schedule. So I think everything is definitely focused by Coach Griffin and his staff on getting this team playing its best in February. Yeah, and that, that'll be 
one of the keys. Uh, John seems like the, the the perfect fit for this program. Just for me, from I'm not going to say thirty thousand feet, from five thousand feet, it just seems like the perfect fit for what the Bucknell culture is. Plus, he's a talented coach. Uh, how am I reading it? You are reading it spot on. I, you know, his <laughs> his enthusiasm, his passion is unbridled. I, I don't know that there could have been anyone else and Dave Paulson probably was in the mix to come back mm-hmm. to Bucknell. What a great coach he is. Uh, yep. He is and I think he'll do a great job at Holy Cross yep. but there is no one who would exhibit and would then translate that to the individuals on the team that passion about Bucknell, what Bucknell stands for what it's all about than this guy, John Griffin the the third, He is the epitome of what Bucknell basketball can be and, and strives to be. He did it as a player. <laughs> I remember a game Bucknell played at Yale in the 04-05 season, and it wasn't a very good start that year to that team. And Bucknell wasn't playing very well at the half over up in uh, New Haven, Connecticut at Yale. He went in there and just, as a freshman, freshman just ripped mm-hmm. into the guys and yeah. there were no there was only one senior on that year's team but he just ripped into them the team played much better in the second half ended up winning in overtime that was a huge game at that point of sure. for that team and Bucknell's team propelled just propelled from there I think that's the kind of intensity that John brings in his his ability to teach players how to play and, and to make moves that will then translate into a game-type situation and, and his staff as well, I think it's going to be great as this career, his career as a coach goes along. What do you think about uh, the, the, this matchup with Penn State and the fact they're only 50 miles apart and they get to play each other? I love it. And I, I really hope that that will become, and it was early in my tenure here, it really was a year-in, year-out thing that Bucknell would go and play at the Bryce Jordan Center, great place to play, you know, great fans and obviously great teams that Bucknell has played, and usually really good games as well. So hopefully that will happen. I think it will happen. I know Coach Davis, when he was coach at Bucknell, he did not like to play games against his friends. Now, he did. He played against Coach Rhodes there at the VCU, but that was not easy for Coach Davis. He hated playing against his friends. And I know Coach Griffin and Coach Rhodes are very good friends. We mentioned, of course, about Coach Flannery, whose son Jesse is on Coach Griffin's staff. But I hope that it happens because I think as Coach Rhodes continues to build his culture there, what he wants and expects from the Penn State players and brings in more and more of his own players to the style that he wants to coach those guys – I think it's just going to be, it would be a great fit. Hopefully that will happen. I, I don't know about future schedules. You may have a better idea about no. that than I do. But no, I yeah, don't. Hopefully. Yeah, that part I don't know. I'll say this. It was, I don't know, 2015 maybe? Penn State played at Soika. And it was a Black Friday game. I remember that part. And I, it was a, for me personally, it was a tremendous experience. Uh, to do that game, and I hope if they're going to do something long term, they can mix in a game or two there as well to get in that environment. That's just me. Oh well, I tell you, I, I I'm glad you said that, Steve. That would be outstanding. Remember, Penn State wore its throwback uniforms, the pink, yes. <laughs> and Bucknell yes. wore its uh, 1970s yeah. uniforms as well. So that was a great, great atmosphere, as you said, packed house. 
ton of Penn State fans, obviously a ton of Bucknell fans. I know another great experience was when Penn State's wrestling team made its yeah. way over to Slicka, and that was yeah. packed. And, you know, yes, we're only an hour, a little bit over an hour apart. Hopefully that will happen in the future. You know, but you and I aren't the people that schedule these things. No, we don't do those things. No, in fact, <laughs> if I remember that dual meet, Bo Nichols struggled, but won. I mean, like he almost yeah. got, he almost, like, he was like, uh oh. <laughs> he had one of those uh oh <laughs> moments and then got out of the uh oh and then became Bo Nickel again. Exactly. Uh, right. it's, it's, I always tell people when I'm watching a game between two teams where one's the favorite and one's the underdog, and the underdog's winning and winning and winning, and then something happens and says, uh oh, X just remembered who they are. And why just remembered who they are? <laughs> Whoops! Exactly, that happens. <laughs> yeah. Oh darn! Ah, well, we decided that we're not going to do any suit stories today because the ratings went high enough. We don't want to peak on Thursday, so because at that point, then we're going to have people calling in. Oh, I remember this guy. <laughs> Exactly. No, we we want to leave the fans waiting, anticipating more. Uh, what was I? What the heck did I say when he went to some game and he walks? I, I made it up. <laughs> this is great, Doug. Who are we playing? Oh, jeez, yeah. no. Wait, no, you didn't make that up. That was true. <laughs> I think it was the game he filled in for you. Great, Doug. I'll do it. Who are we playing? <laughs> oh, great. What's the date of that game again? <laughs> it's, it's tomorrow. <laughs> it's tomorrow. Yes, I asked you six weeks ago. <laughs> oh, I've been busy. We do. We we do give the suit a hard time, but you, you, of course, you and I are great friends with him, and we appreciate all he does, and, and it, it gives us a talking point. Well, none of it's false. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> all right, Doug. I look forward to Saturday and seeing you, my good friend. And uh, what an awesome, awesome job you always do. Appreciate you very much. Uh, you are one of my biggest mentors, and I just appreciate you so much. And can't wait to see you and Dick there at the Bryce Jordan Center on Saturday. It's going to be a party. Angle and uh, and uh, the Chief are going. Uh, you'll be there. Um, the suit keeps looking for free tickets, even though I have them available. I told him I'm out. Uh, so, <laughs> has he ever paid Google to County go to anything? Day. <laughs> I don't think he ever has. Uh, I mean, maybe maybe if he, if he has to go to a chutter contest, he has to pay for it. There's only one participant. <laughs> that's, what, that's what he likes so much about it. He figures he could win. No, he's always finished third. All right, so... <laughs> <laughs> I saw a poster one time. <laughs> And it's a sheep up on a rock. Sheep up on a rock. Right? And it's it's staring at you in the side and and the poster says, I'm so far behind, I think I'm first. <laughs> <laughs> that's the I think that's the life story of the suit. <laughs> and with that we wrap it up. <laughs> Doug, thanks so much. <laughs> See you Saturday, my friend. 
All right, Steve. Thanks so much. <laughs>